America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is The Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. But is it a great day over in Beijing where the Winter Olympics so eagerly awaited have begun? Uh, there are actually some pretty shocking revelations, not about what's going on in the Chinese Communist Party, but what's going on in the Democratic Party USA. Why is Nancy Pelosi, of all people, seeming to take on a role defending the communist Chinese regime? I mean, part of what this demonstrates is a long-time tendency on people on the very far left to uh, basically justify even the greatest horrors by communists. And in fact, uh, there's a piece in the New York Times that actually quotes the uh, writer. It's not the official position of the New York Times saying there is a lot to love about the Communist Party. No, no, we're not talking about socialist, right? Socialist is supposed to be Bernie Sanders and it's harmless. It isn't harmless. It's quite damaging. But the outright Communist Party, we will get to that. We'll also get to stunning evidence. There's an absolutely terrific story, and we're going to be talking about it today, about ethnic studies classes where they are completely teaching a full critical race theory curriculum. And it turns out that in a part of California that is overwhelmingly Hispanic, the Hispanic kids hate it. They hate it. And they hate the whole idea of being forced by the state legislature and Governor Gavin Newsom to take ethnic studies courses. We're talking here about immigrant kids who don't really, they, they would prefer to have a health elected or anything. Uh, what do they hate so much about uh, critical race theory? We will get to that on a busy day on the Michael Medved Show. And speaking about that with uh, Ruben Navarrete, we'll also uh, be talking about a leading scholar who's been on the uh, show before who says that right now America has been invaded by a human sacrifice cult. Yeah, right. I mean, we're concerned uh, talking about Hispanic history. We're going back to the human sacrifice of the Aztecs or the Mayas who also practiced it. Uh, and why is that suddenly popular with uh, a number of American organizations and others who place themselves on the right? We will get to that as well on a very busy day on the Michael Medved Show. Okay, f first... Uh, this was stunning to me. Now, look, I, you know, it's not anything new or novel. I, I hate the Olympics. I've always hated the Olympics. I mean, I, I not only find it intensely boring, but particularly offensive when they use the Olympics to basically do whitewashes for evil regimes. And I do believe the communist Chinese regime is evil. I also believe that Vladimir Putin's regime is evil. And uh, the idea that uh, we're all going to forget about that evil, which involves genocidal policies on the part of the Chinese, we're going to forget about that while uh, we celebrate the Olympics, uh, that's bad enough. 
but to suggest that it, it should be the job of American athletes to, you'll pardon the expression, kowtow to the uh, Chinese Communist Party, uh, this is ridiculous. Uh, this is uh, the uh, Speaker of the House of Representatives, third in line to the presidency right now. And uh, if uh, that's right, this is the problem with people who have this dream of uh, we're going to impeach uh, President Biden and we're going to impeach Kamala Harris, too. OK, you get rid of those two. Uh, you've got Nancy Pelosi as president. It's pathetic. Does this sound like a, <laughs> it is pathetic. Does this sound like a uh, potential president of the United States? Clip two, please. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. Okay, this is, this is problematic, and it's so problematic that even over on The View, where generally there's a sympathetic feeling toward Nancy Pelosi, Anna Navarro spoke up about this. Here's what uh, she had to say. This is clip. Uh, well, let, before we get to that, there's, there's more in a separate appearance beyond what you just heard, which is shocking enough, at least to me. Uh, what you have also is Nancy Pelosi doubling down in her advice, which was not solicited, by the way, to U.S. athletes over in uh, Beijing. Here is what uh, Speaker Pelosi had to say again on this issue. This is clip four. As I say, as I wish the athletes well, I do not encourage them to speak out against the Chinese government there because I fear for their safety if they do. I, I, this is hard to even believe. This is uh, the way that Anna Navarro responded on The View. Listen, this is clip 14. She's telling them to not, don't start up. That's so un-American. You know, it's so, un I mean, I, the, what China has done to the Uyghurs is something that should be protested. And if there's any athlete who wants to have the courage to do that, and I understand this is about athleticism, but it's also a huge worldwide platform. The ones I'm angry at is, is the International Olympic Committee, who keep looking at places like and hosting things in places like Sochi and places mm -hmm. like if we know that China has committed genocide and has imprisoned over one million Uyghurs uh -huh. why are they being allowed to host an Olympic game which is a huge honor for any country okay uh, that's Anna Navarro and uh, maybe there's uh, some Chinese gremlins or trolls or something like that messing up the sound there uh, <laughs> which anything is possible but it's of, of course the idea that you want to tell American athletes in other words I, I guess what Nancy Pelosi would be saying is uh, and this is somebody who remember when it was American athletes protesting a general racism not a specific protest about genocide or or ongoing killing was generalized racism that led uh, 
pro football players who are very well paid, in fact, uh, to uh, kneel. And uh, would would you have any advice to those players that said that NFL is ruthless? You, you, you can't mess with them. No, they, they were hailed as heroes. Why wouldn't you hail as a hero a, uh, a member of the U.S. Olympic team who said some critical words about China's policies? Does, does Pelosi really believe, she have reason to believe that the... Uh, the Chinese would then react to that athlete? Here is Star Jones and Joy. Oh, we'll get to that. Because there was a defense of the, uh, not only of, of Nancy Pelosi, but implicitly of, uh, of what's going on in China. And the, the idea that we have an, a, an obligation while the Olympics are going on to keep our athletes safe, if that's the case, if people honestly believe that China can't be trusted to uh, leave athletes alone in case they open their mouths and speak the truth, then why are we allowing them to host the Olympic Games in which we participate? The U.S. government, by the way, has boycotted this games. these games. They're joined by the governments of Canada and the U.K. and more. What is going on here with the kowtowing to China? We'll be right back on The Medved Show. It's pathetic. The Michael Medved Show. It's not responsible. It's beneath the dignity. I keep saying that, but we keep getting further beneath the dignity. All across America. I really enjoy your program. I listen to talk radio all day. You're definitely right up there, the cream of the crop. This is the Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, talking about the uh, ongoing debate about what uh, participants should do regarding the Beijing Olympics and whether it's appropriate for American athletes who are there and there is no Olympic boycott. Uh, do you remember, well, it's part of history. I mean, some people weren't even born then. But back in 1980, there was an Olympic Games in which all of uh, U.S. competition uh, was uh, eliminated. The United States boycotted the Games. That was a decision of President Jimmy Carter. And why did he take that decision? It was because the Russians had invaded uh, Afghanistan. And uh, again, this is, uh, um, is it possible that's why uh, Putin is avoiding or at least postponing an invasion of Ukraine? Uh, what, it, what does it take to get a, another substantive response to uh, a, a national outrage? And again, this goes beyond the outrages of threatening Taiwan, of uh, stripping Hong Kong of any of the special status that Hong Kong had been entitled to when Britain pulled out and turned it over basically to China. This is all very serious stuff. And the, uh, the Olympic boycott, of course, did nothing really to stop the, the Russian occupation of Afghanistan. What stopped that was the same thing that stopped uh, America's role in Afghanistan, which was extremely tough opposition from local mujahideen 
But uh, and and by the way, the right decision by the Reagan administration to arm those people because they helped win the Cold War. But that's another bit of history. The history we're dealing with right now is the history of whether it's appropriate on this world forum that's supposed to promote peace and values and goodness. Um, let us uh, really take a listen to the best defense available, I guess, at least for the view. Star Jones and Joy Behar defending Pelosi's position, which is that American athletes should not t take the risk of saying anything criticizing China during the games. Uh, here they are from the view. The speaker is trying to make sure that the athletes don't step safe. in it yeah. and that they're safe. You know, if we think about uh, the allegations of human rights violations all the time, and we want our athletes to be able to go compete, get home safe. So I see what the speaker is saying. I think she's really just trying to she's, make sure. She's being maternal, I think. Yeah. Like she's it feels like you know, that. Nancy is mamala. She's, yeah. always, she's always like, I would think about the children. It's for the children. Yeah. She cares about the kids. For the children. It's for the children. It's for the children. Right. Um, and I, I know that some of these Olympic competitors are, are young, and uh, her maternal instincts must be kicking into high gear. By the way, she they referred to Nancy as Mamala. Mamma Mia. Uh, Mamala was supposed to be Kamala Harris, I thought. Uh, yeah, because one of the things that she smiled about, she even said this in her acceptance speech at the Democratic convention that uh, her stepchildren, two stepchildren, uh, call her Mamala because it rhymes with Kamala. Um, okay, that's yeah, fine, great. With, with all this going on and uh, the Olympics supposed to be uh, just the kind of joy and entertainment and uplift that the world needs right now. Uh, Ted Cruz spoke on the uh, Senate floor about the potential war between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, this is clip 16. Now let me be clear, there's some who justify American foreign policy and say we have an amorphous obligation to protect democracies. We have an obligation to protect international norms. Madam President, I think all of that is bunk. We have an obligation to protect the national security of the United States of America. The Commander-in-Chief's obligation is to keep Americans safe. What does that mean in this context? Well, I want to make four points. Number one, what Putin is trying to do is reassemble the USSR. If he succeeds in doing so, it would be catastrophic for global stability and American security. Putin and Russia are an enemy of America. When the Soviet Union was bigger, stronger, mightier, and with a bigger military, the lives of Americans and the lives of our allies were in far greater jeopardy. It is overwhelmingly in America's interest to prevent Putin from reassembling the Soviet Union because we do not wish for our enemies to become stronger and use that strength against us. 
Okay, there is more, and and he's wrong to dismiss this idea that it's a bunch of bunk to talk about the United States' need to maintain some kind of international order. Uh, there's a terrific um, uh, analysis by Walter Russell Mead that appeared in the Wall Street Journal, I think, two days ago, that talked about the whole history of foreign policy and this notion of balance of power and this notion of the United States taking over a role that had been played by Great Britain and by the British Empire for a while. The, the dangerous aspect of the world falling apart is the empowering of rogue nations. In other words, if you are going to say nothing about uh, the kind of genocide that is going on concerning the Uyghurs, or you're talking about nothing about the violation of international norms of one bully regime occupying a neighbor and going after a neighbor, regi a neighbor regime unprovoked, and yes, it will be unprovoked, even if the Russians do produce some kind of phony false flag operation that claims that the Ukrainians actually started this war, if there is a war. With any of that going on, uh, the, the important thing is to understand what happened with World War II. World War II didn't start out of a clear blue sky in one September day uh, of 1939. Before that, the dictators in the world, the bad guys, could see there was no reaction when Mussolini and the Italian fascists attacked Abyssinia, what was then known as Abyssinia, which was Ethiopia, and bombed it, and bombed people had no way of responding. And they, people did not respond at all when the Japanese occupied Manchuria in China and began a truly genocidal policy against the Chinese. That was 1933. And what happens when you continue to allow that sort of predatory policy to go forward, uh, then you're asking for even worse. We will be right back on The Medved Show. The thing is, is this is a big deal. The Michael Medved Show. Right now, over at the Medved History Store, are promoting the complete collection of Medved Talks. Uh, now it's uh, 14 hours of compelling audio, as they say. It's uh, like 15 different uh, speeches, uh, lectures, interactions, panel discussions. Uh, this is not the complete collection. I kind of it's the complete collection that has actually been taped and including 10 Lies About Same-Sex Marriage, Hollywood's Delusions, uh, Faith in the White House, Essential or Inappropriate, uh, Faith-Based Schools in America, Divine Providence in American History, which of course I've written about a great deal. I, all of this is available right now 50% off. The, the one thing that makes me a little bit uncomfortable is over the years, and this covers, I mean, some of these talks were years ago uh, but over the years I've done a lot more public speaking than this because I enjoy it I learn from it and uh, 
at some at some point, however, I, if you have a uh, uh, taste for this material, uh, and you can you can get it at Medved History Store for fifty percent off, um, we can unearth uh, some other con- contributions that uh, uh, that I would be eager and interested to do. To do. Uh, by the way, we um, coming up, we're going to have a columnist joining us who has written a terrific piece suggesting that the only way Democrats can even hope to win, even hope to win, is to nominate somebody who is uh, unlikely to make the race or be willing to make the race, who is uh, regularly seen as one of the most popular people in America let alone most popular Democrats in America. We will be getting to that on the Michael Medved show. The ongoing possibility of uh, some kind of expanded struggle with Europe that we, with uh, you, between Ukraine and Russia that we discussed yesterday with uh, Ralph Peters for some length, uh, it, it, there's this State Department claim and the claim is that uh, the Russians really have hired crisis actors, that uh, they have um, prepared to actually produce and release some kind of faked uh, documentary video that would indicate that the very substantial Russian population that's in eastern Ukraine was being massacred by uh, the Ukrainians. It is not. There is no indication of that at all in the real world in which most people uh, function, but in the world of Russian propaganda, there is. People should not forget that uh, Putin uh, got his start as a KGB agent, and apparently he was a very good KGB agent, which means largely selling disinformation, selling lies, uh, dividing people, all for the sake of advancing Russian imperial interests. And uh, there was this fascinating um, uh, exchange involving a State Department spokesman, Ed Price, with a reporter over this announcement of a, a potential Russian misleading disinformatia op uh, concerning uh, persecution of Russian people by Ukrainians. This is clip nine. The fact that Russia continues to engage uh, in disinformation well, uh, campaigns. You, know, you made an allegation that they might do that. Have they actually done it? Uh, what we know, Matt, is what we what I have just said that they have engaged in this activity, well, uh, in this planning well, activity. But, activity. But let me let me because because obviously this is not this is not the first time we've made. Uh, these reports public. You'll remember that just a few well, weeks I, ago. I'm sorry, you, made, made, made what report public? If you'll and, let me finish, I will okay. tell you what report we made okay. public. Uh, we told you a few weeks ago that we have information indicating Russia also has already prepositioned a group of operatives to conduct a false flag operation in eastern Ukraine. So that, Matt, to your question, is an action that Russia has already well, taken. It's an action that you say that they have taken, but you have shown no evidence to, 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 to confirm that. Okay, uh, look, I, this is another 
important announcement that I have no doubt at all that uh, Putin is capable of precisely the kind of double-dealing and misleading, mind-controlling uh, effort that they're talking about here. But the reporter is right. If if you're going to make this as a public announcement, you've got to come forward with photographs, something, something other than just uh, our suspicion is or we say so. There has to be something to back it up. Uh, the uh, reporter said that the State Department is actually uh, reflecting the kind of approach of a uh, popular talk show conspiracist uh, instead of uh, actually giving fact-based material. This reporter, by the way, is for the AP, I believe. Uh, that's clip uh, B. What is the evidence that they, I mean, this is like crisis actors, really? This is like Alex Jones territory you're getting into now. What evidence do you have to support the idea that there is some propaganda film in the, in, in the making? Matt, this is derived uh, from information known to the U.S. government, intelligence information that we have declassified. I think you well, know. Okay, well, where, where is it? Where, where is this information? It is intelligence information that we have declassified. Well, where is it? Where is the declassified information? I just delivered it. No, you made a series of allegations and would statements. You, would you like us to print out the topper? Because you will see a transcript of this briefing that you can print out for that, yourself. That's not evidence, Ned. That's you saying it. That's not evidence. I'm sorry. <laughs> what would you like, Matt? I, I would like to see some proof that you that 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 that, that you can show. Matt, you have that, been that, that shows you, that 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 you, shows that the Russians are doing this. Ned, I've been doing this for. A I long know that time. was my point. As, you as, you as have you, know. you you have been doing this for quite a while. You know I that have. when we declassify intelligence That's information, right. and I we do so in, in a means in we do and so I, and, we do so and with an eye to that, protecting that sources and methods. Is not going to fall. Uh, and at the end, of course, made uh, some tough uh, analogies to. The past when the uh, State Department uh, released information and turned out not to be reliable. I mean, at least Colin Powell he was misled himself. I don't think he was part of the fake. But when they were trying to give evidence for WMDs in, in Iraq, they, uh, they did produce some photographs and some, quote, evidence. It was just wrong, and it was bad. And here, I mean, it's, it's very complicated. Is it possible that the State Department has been deliberately misled by the Russians about them doing this kind of potential uh, staged production and to make America look bad? I mean, this is one of those things. And, and by the way, it's something that I know people are going to hate the fact that I say it, but I do have to say it. When you look at the success that the Russians have had with the American public basically stirring up, and they clearly do, uh, there was a, and this they did release the information on, there was a series of both a demonstration and a counter-demonstration, just both pro-Islamic and anti-Islamic in Texas that was entirely staged by Russians. And this is back in uh, 2016. But the fact is, is it not possible that some of this negativity on vaccines is stirred up and promoted by Russians? 
I mean, think about it. It's, it's perfect for them. Uh, of course, undermining any trust in any leadership in America is a, a totally conceivable and logical Russian goal. We will be right back on the Medved Show. Michael Medved show uh, the um, there's this from uh, National Review uh, and uh, actually uh, also Daily Beast um, recalling something that uh, that the Russian state TV put forward and it was years ago but uh, the scene described on Russian state TV was gruesome a small boy nailed to a board in eastern Ukraine for a crime his mother uh, committed. But independent sources say it never happened. And again, the idea of uh, creating false victims, false scenes, and providing this convenient uh, video that, that they do... And, and again, so much of this pertains to the history of the Ukraine. And it's one of those things that for years and years and years, the American public had a, a tremendous reverence for uh, one of the leading reporters on the early Soviet Union in the 1920s and 30s, a guy named Walter Durante. And it's worth recalling, this is something we should talk about with Paul Kangor, Jeremy, because he's written about Walter Durante quite a bit. In any event, he was a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter for the New York Times. And there were reports coming out of Ukraine in the early 1930s about mass starvation and deliberate killing of uh, Kulaks, who were wealthier landowning peasants, uh, and they weren't really wealthy. There's people who owned some land and were able to to actually make a living. And uh, there were reports that had been coming out from other sources in in Ukraine was that no, 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 this is just um, made up stories. Everything is fine. We now know, and historians accept, there were at least three million people who were literally starved to death in the Holodomor, which is the, it's a Ukrainian word for Holocaust, which is part of the history between Russia and Ukraine that is very relevant right now. And the fact is that it turned out that we now know why, because they declassified, after the fall of the Soviet Union, they declassified some KGB papers, the kind of background that actually showed that this guy Durante won a Pulitzer Prize for reporting that everything was fine and that Stalin was an enlightened ruler. He was a member of the Communist Party. He was an agent. He was a traitor. And the the idea that uh, that that we are could be dealing with something like that concerning uh, the justification for some kind of invasion of the Ukraine. 
I think that's, uh, to say that that is inconceivable is simply wrong. To say that, uh, that the State Department should actually do more to provide the kind of evidence that people are demanding, that's entirely reasonable. And, and again, if they have any of that evidence, it only prepares them better for anticipating and digesting and responding to some of the tricks that the Russians and the former KGB agent Vladimir Putin are determined to undertake. Uh, it's, uh, it's also interesting. He was, of course, featured at the opening ceremony at the Olympics together with uh, Xi Jinping. And that's one of the things, of course, that should concern every single American, is the idea of a rapprochement, of a coming together of Russia and China. It was actually dividing Russia and China, which was a skillful achievement of Henry Kissinger and the Nixon administration. That was a major factor in winning the Cold War, which we did. And uh, there's a, a question now about uh, is it possible that uh, Putin is waiting till the end of the Olympics? Uh, and who knows, they may be negotiating seriously with the United States. But the, the idea that Ted Cruz insists upon, which is that questions of international order, question, questions of the future of NATO, uh, if, if NATO collapses or divides or falls apart over any issue or any strain, it's a disaster for the world. Because if you think about the miracle of, yes, and I know there, were, there was fighting and killing in the Balkans, but that was the breaking apart of a former communist confederation in Yugoslavia. But uh, basically, there's been no major war in a part of the world that had devastating wars, one after the other, the Napoleonic Wars were incredibly bloody and devastating. And the war between France and Prussia, and it was at that point, it wasn't just Prussia, it was already beginning the German Confederation. But in 1870-71, a, a devastating war. And, uh, and then, of course, World War I and World War II, the, the two most deadly wars in, uh, in world history. There were 16 million, and this doesn't even count the victims of the pandemic, of the Spanish flu pandemic, 16 million people, 125,000 Americans. So more than twice as many as who died in Vietnam over the course of eight years, we were only involved in World War I for a year and a half uh, to settle and finish the war. But um, uh, all of this is to uh, talk about a change in the world. The idea that Europe has not been since, uh, since the end of World War II a source of violence and contagion and horror and with mass starvation. It's been better. It's been better largely because the efforts of the United States to lead a North Atlantic, transatlantic alliance. And that alliance has been remarkably successful. And to throw it away at this point, 
uh, because of some disagreement with uh, Germany or a German desire to continue making money together with the Russians, that would be a real shame because some of the victories for liberty, and yes, they very much include the civil rights movement, they, um, but they include changes of profound nature, turning uh, Germany and Japan from nightmare countries, truly evil regimes, both of them, into some of the more civilized nations on earth. That's an achievement of, of epical significance. And it needs to be defended. Uh, we are going to try to defend some appreciation for the United States of America. We'll be speaking uh, to Ruben Navarrete about this terrific story about a, a courageous teacher in California who was standing up to the teaching of critical race theory. And she's black, by the way. And uh, why is she standing up for it? Because she is sane and she can see what is working with her students and her students being mostly Hispanic and responding very poorly to the CRT curricula. We will be getting to that story. We'll also be talking about a desperate ploy that is being seriously considered by more and more Democrats, including a uh, prominent columnist who is uh, talking about the uh, emergency uh, break glass in case of emergency candidate. They mean breaking the glass ceiling. How? With uh, Michelle Obama as a candidate for president. Do you think that's inconceivable? Okay, do, who do you think Democrats would rather campaign for, Michelle Obama or Kamala Harris? Or for that matter, Joe Biden? How would that work for Michelle Obama to jump into the race when she said repeatedly she's not interested? We will get to that as well. And uh, the death this week of a heroic figure who actually proved in court that uh, sometimes even people who dress themselves up as scholars can be profound liars about history. We'll talk about that and more all coming up on The Michael Medved Show in this greatest nation on God's green earth. 